Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2144. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm back across the pond in Chippenham, Chippenham, if I could say that right, Chippenham in the UK with a very special guest by the name of Tom DeLonge. Tom, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I'm all set. All right. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking about some very cool technology and some very cool things that car people love wheels and you guys do the best but before i introduce you and we dive into your world what's one little thing that most people don't know about you tom well i might be working in the uh, world of wheels nowadays but uh, i used to be um, an aerodynamicist when i first started my career and uh, as a very young aerodynamicist i was part of the uh, the penske champ car team that uh, took the world close course speed record wow which so uh, 241 miles an hour at fontana with with uh, with gilles de ferron but uh, I don't think it's ever going to be matched, to be honest. But um, yeah, that's I guess that's one of my <laughs> one of my claims to fame. Well, quite a claim to fame. That is fast. I mean, once you get in a vehicle and you start getting over a hundred, things change. Then you get up to one hundred and fifty, and things start to change more. Then you get to two hundred and beyond. Uh, as an aerodynamicist as you are, that changes the whole game plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, drag scales with scales uh, is a uh, square of speed. So, uh, so yeah, things start getting a little bit, a little bit harder when you start getting up to those speeds. But uh, yeah, I know we've been involved in a few, few things going at those sort of speeds. It's, uh, it is, uh, it is a, a certainly a different ball game. Yeah, for sure. Well, at those speeds, things have to go around and around on these things called wheels, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, absolutely, allow me to give you a proper introduction. Tom Delange is the CEO of Dymag. Dimag has been in business since 1974 and is the world leader in carbon hybrid wheels. They are proud to support three of the UK's most innovative automotive companies at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, including BAC Radford. Of course, you listeners will remember James Tidmarsh uh, from Radford was on the show here today. In fact, uh, I'm going to be visiting with him during Car Week and get to play with some of their cars out at Laguna Seca. Uh, and Veritech. Tom is a highly experienced technical leader with a proven track record in applying cutting-edge engineering methods and processes to drive the development of innovative technologies, <laughs> there you go, technologies, and realize them in high volume production. Tom joined Dimag from Dyson, where he was head of floor care research and laterally led process improvement. Previously, Tom spent two decades in the pinnacle of global motorsports, holding positions of head aerodynamics at Penske, as he mentioned, NASCAR, senior aerodynamicist at Renault F1 team, and lead aerodynamicist at Penske IndyCar. This guy knows how to make things go fast. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors, so please give them a listen. Buckle up, we're going to be spinning fast today and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV 
rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout. Yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same. My car's value was the same. And I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options. I spoke to others. And with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Jim Canova. Is a past guest here on Cars Yeah, and he's detailed over 8,000 vehicles. And that kind of professional experience leads to innovation. He was tired of uncomfortable stools and creepers and being down on his knees when detailing cars. So as a result, Jim thought, you know what, there must be a better way. And he invented the Bumby Seat, a fun folding mobile seat design. His unique design gets you off your knees and your bum onto a far more comfortable seating position for all your low-level automotive detailing. The Bumby seat with its patented full-flat design allows you to adjust your position to the task at hand. Convenient side trays hold your car care products, tools, cloths, or a tasty beverage. Built for the toughest driveways and garage tasks, the Bumby seat has wheels that roll easily over almost any surface and it makes a great around-the-home adjustable stool for hobbies, yard work, or take it to the car show. The full-flat design makes storage a breeze. Jim has launched an Indiegogo fundraiser, and you can get in on the start of what's sure to be an industry favorite. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Bumby Seat, that's B-U-M-B-E-E, Seat, to be one of the first in line to start improving your automotive detailing experience Today, that's Bumby Seat on the Indiegogo.com website. And when you're on the Indiegogo site, make notice there's a special code there for Cars Yeah listeners with two great discounts. So, Tom, uh, diving deeper into the corner, as I say, is what we're going to do about your life. That's something that you know all about out on the track. But before we talk more about Dimag, I want to go back a little bit into your career because this time you spent in the racing world and then you left motorsports and went off to 
clean floors. That's interesting, but we'll touch <laughs> on that. But now you're back in the automotive sector. So this career you've had, kind of walk us through how it all started, your racing time or time in the racing world, and then what led you off to a, a premier company like Dyson? I mean, I kind of get it. Things are spinning fast in a vacuum cleaner and very technologically sound ideas and cutting edge. But now you're back into cars. So uh, walk us through your career path. Well, um, yeah, I guess um, I, I was. All, I've always been interested in cars. Um, you know, uh, petrol head, as they say in this in this country. And um, I don't know why, really. My, my my family wasn't interested in it at all. But um, you know, I wanted to. I wanted to get involved in cars. I was very interested in racing. For some reason, I decided I wanted to become an aerodynamicist. And uh, I wrote to all the racing teams when I was when I was sixteen. And uh, and Penske, who had a uh, a UK UK base at that time in um, Poole in Dorset uh, wrote back to me and said, "Yeah, come on over, come for work experience." And wow. I went there. Went there when I was seventeen, and um, yeah, did an internship, um, stayed with them through university, and uh, played about with cars in wind tunnels. And uh, they offered me a job at the end of uh, university, and um, yeah, just sort of developed from there. Really, you know, this is a really great thing for young listeners today. Reach out, write a letter to companies. You would be amazed how many people I've had on the show that have done what you did, Tom, and ended mm. up working at major. I'm talking about Porsche, Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, um, Penske, um, race teams. Uh, yeah, just reach out and communicate. I think some people are just a little bit timid and think, "Well, they'll never read my letter," right? No, well, that's. I mean, I mean, they need to employ someone, don't they? Someone yes. needs to get those, <laughs> get those, get those jobs. And I mean, now, sort of the other, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, I, I, I look for people that have have that sort of enthusiasm and that drive because that's what makes them, you know, effective employees and and you know, valuable valuable to the company. You want people who are who are who are into it, who want to want to be there, who live to work, not necessarily work work to work to live in that sort of environment. So it's uh, yeah. Got to get after it. So tell us a little bit about your time at Dyson, because Dyson is one of these brands that came on quite a while ago as being very innovative, different, unique, uh, technology-oriented. Uh, we own Dyson products here in our home. Uh, wonderful <laughs> things. And what what took you away from the racetrack to that brand? Well, I, I mean... I. I basically, I'd been in, I'd been in racing for about twenty years, and and I'd had a you know had a, a very enjoyable and fulfilling career. And racing is really, really all consuming. And and hats off to people who do it their their entire lives because you know it does take over your life, and and uh, sometimes at the detriment to uh, other things in your life. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, for for, ver for various reasons, I you know I wanted to go back to the UK. I was living in America at that time and had a young family and. You know, needed to do something. Wanted to do something that was interesting and exciting, but but um, maybe not not quite as full on as uh, yeah as motorsport is. So um, you know, took that decision to move back. And uh, yeah, Dyson's a really interesting company. It's about as close to to the sort of motorsport ethos in engineering as mm -hmm. as I've come across. You know, it's really very dynamic, and you know, you get lots of uh, yeah, it's very fast paced. And I, I get bored quite easily, so uh, so so that that was a, that was a good thing. I'm surprised you went into the vacuum side versus the. Uh, they have these wonderful air purifiers, heaters, and coolers, and fans that not only look insane. I mean, you think about the Dyson hand dryers in in restrooms. 
I mean, nobody had ever done anything really. I mean, they had those crummy ones that just blew a lot of hot air on you, but the Dyson, <laughs> you know, I mean, they just kind of blew the thing everywhere. But I, I was surprised, you know, learning about you that you weren't in that part of Dyson, but you know, it's all about airflow, right? It's all, it's all about a lot of, you know, pretty much everything they do is about airflow. I mean, um, yeah, at the time I joined the, um, the, the vacuum cleaner bit was the uh, was the biggest bit and it, it still is you know it's the bit that makes them the money it's quite nice working for a for a part of a company that actually makes lots of money apart from as opposed to uh as opposed racing to racing that's always where, looking for money <laughs> <laughs> looking for money exactly yeah yeah so spending it but uh, i mean of course don't forget they they um started making a car as well which uh which um was a was quite an adventure for for everyone at, at dyson but uh the, i think they decided james james decided in the end that perhaps it was just a little bit a little bit too much money, too much investment. Yeah, yeah, too too much outside. Well, boy, that's a whole nother story, mm, which indeed. is cool. And I think a lot of people don't even know that. But let's go back to Dimag where you are today. You're CEO of this company yeah. that makes some of the coolest wheels I've ever seen. Tell us about, and, and the fact that the company's been around since 1974 is pretty phenomenal. Tell us about Dimag. What got you there and what are you guys doing? Well, um, I mean, uh, what got me there is they they got in touch with me and asked me if I were, if I'd be interested in working for them, and uh, and I, I I didn't actually know that much about about um, Dimag before I before I was approached. Really, I think um, as a brand, we're very well known in the motorcycle industry, but um, perhaps slightly less well known. Certainly, people are, you know my my age group. I'm in my mid forties, um, you know, in the auto in the auto industry. But the the more I learned about it, the more I learned about the 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 sort of the technological journey that 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 Dimac has been on the more the more interested I was and excited to uh, to join really um, it, it's it's a it's a really interesting company I mean as you say it's been going for almost fifty years but we're almost like a we're like a fifty year old startup really <laughs> it's uh, well that that's good you're bringing your youth back <laughs> it's it's it, it's it's a strange it is a strange sort of uh, sort of dichotomy really because it's 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 we've got people who you know our chief designer has been with the company since the 70s so there's a huge amount of experience within within the company you know we've learned a lot of things we've made a lot of mistakes along the way that's how you learn the best exactly exactly as long as as long as you learn from them (laughs) yeah well yeah well it's like racing right i mean yeah there's a lot of experimentation on racing and the track and planning and then you get there and things don't go as planned but so so dimag tell us about the different products because i know about your motorcycle wheels i mean you make these tremendous rims and but you guys have taken things to a whole new level yeah, we've got some we've got some um, patented um, technology in in the field of carbon fiber uh, rims. So we make what we make what's what's called a um, what we would call a carbon hybrid wheel, which means it's got a carbon fiber rim, which saves lots of weight in the at the at the perimeter of the of the wheel, which is actually where you want to save weight, which I'll come to in a second. And then we have a forged aluminium or aluminium um, center uh, or forged magnesium um, center in the middle of the wheel. We feel that gives the best compromise between weight and you know structural integrity because I, I, you know at the end of the day wheels need to be safe and um, sort of metallic the metallic centers are really good for the spokes it's really good at absorbing heat and and taking sort of the impact loads that you get inevitably when you're driving on the road or on the track but then but then what you want with a with a wheel is you want it to be as lightweight as possible and actually well weight's a bit misleading actually what you want it to be is as low inertia as possible because ah. it's the it's the spinning mass that you're trying to control on the car you know it's that spinning mass of the wheel that you're trying the suspension's trying to keep in check and to be honest you know in the, in this world where 
wheels are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. And cars are getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means wheels are getting heavier and heavier as well because, you know, you look at something like a Lamborghini Urus or a Bentley Bentayga or something like that, you know, routinely people are putting 23-inch or even larger wheels on these cars. And if you're not if you're not careful, the wheel just shakes the car to bits. Well, yeah, you, you think there's not a lot of support out there. We hear about, you know, we've heard about for years, people hear the term unsprung weight, mm. uh, you know, on vehicles and so forth and how that helps. So wheels play a big part of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so you've got two types of unsprung weight. You, you get the... Um, you get things like the upright, which on on the wheel, which obviously isn't spinning around, which you've got to control, and then the you know the brake discs and and the wheels themselves. So that's one of the reasons that things like carbon ceramic brakes that you see on on Porsches and things like that are so amazing because they save a lot of rotating mass as well. And that that rotating mass, if you've ever if you've ever tried to, um, I'm trying to think of the best uh, best analogy for it really, but um, it, it's amazing how much difference that makes in terms of you know, the steering feel on the car, the acceleration and braking, and, you know, increasingly important in this day and age, the, um, you know, the efficiency of the vehicle, the, the rate, battery electric range or the, or the um, you know, the fuel economy, you know. So it's, uh, it, it, it's uh, I, I, you know, the, when I speak to racing guys, they sort of, they use about a five to one ratio in terms of the effect of, of unsprung mass versus sprung mass on the body in terms of, how how much difference it makes to the uh, to the um, performance performance of a vehicle. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty significant. So you mentioned earlier how weight of vehicles is coming up, and now with the onset of EV, well, at least the weight is down at the bottom of the car now versus the front engine, back engine, mid engine, whatever that might be. Has that or will that play a part in your technology and your advancement of wheels? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the the, the weight distribution in the car doesn't make doesn't make too much too much difference it's it's ultimately wheels have a load rating so you design them to the the gross vehicle weight of the of the vehicle so you know things like i don't know the um the new battery electric range rover when it comes out i think that's getting that's getting close to three and a half tons wow. which is the which is actually <laughs> the, le- the, the legal limit for a for a car in this country in this country in the uk so yeah you know that's that's a, that's a big old that's a big old uh, big old bus you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I, I mean nowadays i think something like a merc g-wagon is about as heavy as you, as you get and that will need a, a thousand kilo rated wheel so that that you know that necessitates a really robust um robust design which you know we feel we've 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 got you know we just launched the first 23 inch you know 1000 kilo which is 2200 pound rated wow. rated vehicle uh, rated wheel sorry um so um you know which is what you need to go on these sort of these sort of big suvs and battery electric suvs so that's uh that's very much where we where we're going you know we, we still love putting putting wheels on things like Lamborghini Huracans and oh, yeah. 911 GT3s and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we're definitely trying to go a little bit more mass market at the moment. So if people want to purchase your wheels for their vehicles as an aftermarket wheel, and it's one of the first things that all of us car nuts typically do, and they, we look at wheel options because sometimes we don't like what comes from the factory. How can people find out more and, and get your wheels on their vehicles? Well, um, so we don't, we don't on, on the car wheels, we don't tend to sell them direct to the public. Um, obviously, as you say, we're supplying people like Radford and the BAC Mono and, and things like that. But um, the, the best way for people to buy them is through one of our partners. And we've got, 
we've got partners, um, wheel companies, both on the West Coast and, and East Coast. So California, Miami, even now in places like Chicago that, that have our rims as part of their uh, portfolio. They buy our rims, they put their own center in the middle of it, and then they sell you a very nice wheels. So people like Brixton, Forge Line, AL13, um, Anarchy, Strasser, um, recently Vossen. Vorsteiner. I see Vorsteiner on there. Vorsteiner. And, and Gunther yeah, Works, Vorsteiner. of course. Yeah, we made wheels for the Gunther Works car. Yeah, yeah, Peter's been on the show. Yeah, he'll kill me for not mentioning them first. Well, of course. Well, hey, don't worry, Peter. <laughs> Peter, we love you, Peter. Okay, calm down. Calm down. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he built but, some but insane stuff. <laughs> have a look at our website, Google us, dimag, dimag.com, and there's a, there's a list of all uh, all the people we, we partner with there, all around the world, to be honest. Only the best. You know, last Tuesday, since I'm down here at Car Week, I got to spend time at Laguna Seca with uh, the folks from Radford. Jensen Button was there. Aunt Anstead did some laps, and uh, that car looks beautiful with your wheels on it. So nice job. Yeah, they, they've, they've got a nice little wheel on that car as well. It's uh, got a mag- magnesium center sort of retro look with a, with a carbon, carbon barrel, carbon rim. So very light wheel. Beautiful. So I like to ask people about what I call driving inspirations. These are mentors, uh, influential people. You've worked around some incredible people. I mentioned Penske at the beginning. Oh, man, Mm. Uh, the Mm. the guy. Has there been somebody in your life that's been truly greatly influential in helping you move forward? The Penske organization, like it or not, once you work for once you work for the captain, your uh, that sort of ethos is very much entrenched (laughs) entrenched in your psyche. You know, it's uh, his his attention to detail and and just general integrity that has completely shaped my career. And you know, most specifically, there you know the the MD of um, Penske Cars in the UK, a guy called Nick Gouzet, who who used to who I used to work with there, um, and it was the person that recruited me when I was 17. He he was sort of like the uh, the UK, he ran the UK side of the operations there. So I've, I've got a lot to thank him for. But um, but Roger, yeah, absolutely inspirational. He's, uh, I, I think I think the thing that's so great about him is he's, he's, he's actually a genuinely good guy. And you can't necessarily say that of everyone in racing. I think his way, you know, his, his approach to business, you know, treating people, Treating people well, looking after employees, his overarching honesty, I think are all really, really key things that have shaped how I approach business. Yeah, he's the pinnacle. That's for sure. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a challenge you face in your life, your career. So keep the seatbelts tight and we'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang, a deep gloss paint sealant, is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang, a deep gloss paint sealant, is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's Autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. 
Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology. It's in high demand. You get paid really well. And you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles. And you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So, Tom, let's talk about this. I always ask what I call the big challenge question. This is something you've come up against. Could be in your life, could be in your business, but it brought you some uh, maybe angst, a little bit of challenge, if you will, Uh, maybe even fell on your face, but you got up and moved forward. It's really more about what it taught you in a positive way. So you could carry that forward. You talked about finding uh, faults or doing things that weren't the way they're supposed to be, but that's how we learn. Uh, So take us on a bit of a rough ride around the track here. (laughs) Uh, It was, it's quite, it's quite a difficult question really, because it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, as I said, I I get a little bit bored if I don't have a challenge. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. And probably the, the the biggest one is 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 the next one really, but um, ah, and it. certainly I've got a, got a massive one ahead of me, you know, in terms of as we scale scale this business at Dimag. But I, I think you know there's lots of there's lots of examples in 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 racing that I can probably pick on. But I think the biggest one for me was um, when I, re- I I so I, I left I left Penske and I went and joined. Um, uh, Renault F1 for 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 a few years and um, during sort of the Alonso Alonso era, you know, when he won his championship in 2006. But then Penske came back to me and said, um, you know, we're ha- we 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 really want to we really want to win the NASCAR championship. Mm-hmm. You know, Roger hadn't Roger had been in NASCAR since the 70s and, and never won the championship. And and um, you know, there was a lot of motivation there to take that team to the level that it, you know the potential it really had. And so, I, you know, I rejoined them in. Um, they, they they asked me if I wanted to come back again, so I re- rejoined them. I think in um, oh goodness, it must have been about two thousand and nine, something like that, end of two thousand and nine. And um, yeah, we we so along with a guy called Tom German who joined, who came over from the IndyCar team, um, we joined about the same time, and and. Working with all the the great guys they already had there, we had to we had to sort of transform that team into it's sort of a, like a, a mini Formula One team, and that that cultural shift, that change in how that team operated, was massively challenging, merely massively challenging, and very very stressful at times. I bet because that sort of cultural shift is the biggest thing to do, and NASCAR teams have great big budgets and lots of sponsorship and stuff, but you know it's. Uh, 
changing the way the way of working was was really the a big challenge and ultimately that culminated in a in a championship well two championships the uh, nationwide championship as it was then for for brad kerslowski in 2011 and, and ultimately the sprint cup championship the year after which was really nice because it was, it was the last one for dodge as well so um that was an amazing challenge well, you think of NASCAR, I mean, coming from Renault F1 and in other racing at Penske and going to NASCAR. Now, those of us who don't work in the NASCAR field, we have this impression of what NASCAR is. And that's because of its old roots way back, you know, kind of a Southern boy racing, good old boy <laughs> kind of thing. But it's, it's far from that. I mean, it's a serious, serious racing series, uh, huge money, huge. And coming from the UK to the US, that cultural shift for you. Yeah. Lots of balls to juggle there, I would imagine. Yeah, I didn't go too well. Someone, someone speaking like me. Coming, yeah, like what me. is he doing here? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a mini car product, production, you know, production car company. The, these these NASCAR teams, you know, when you're racing 36. I mean, that at that time everything was sheet metal, so you know it was hand rolled on English wheels. So getting getting those cars to the level of aerodynamic performance and sort of weight that they needed to get to. Well, you know, I mean, and a, and a car body was only lasting one race. You, oh my you, God, you, I can't you, pretty, you pretty much reskin at every race. So if you've got, at that time, we had two teams in Sprint Cup, two teams in Nationwide, and you're racing 36 times a year. That's a lot of cars to make. It's like restoring a car over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at one stage we were taking, you know, we had a scale model wind tunnel program, which we brought in. And at one stage we were taking every single car that we made to the wind tunnel. So every single car went to a full scale wind tunnel. Oh my gosh! Um, to, to try and get the quality control, and you know, a, a, as an aerodynamicist, it was one of the—I shouldn't say this—but it was one of the most open series I've ever raced in. There were all sorts of things you could do that they don't let you do nowadays. But uh. <laughs> well, that goes back to the NASCAR tradition, right? I mean, just yeah, lots of stories. But that that takes place and has taken place a t- lot tougher now. But in the old days, I remember the old days of putting fuel inside of roll bars, you know. To, and more fuel on board. Let's see if they notice this. Lots well, of yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were saying about how how the forces change when you get over two hundred, you know, up to two hundred over two hundred huh. miles an hour, even over a hundred miles an hour. We had that car uh, deflect all the bodywork deflecting all over the place. I think it was fair to say, and uh, yeah, it had a, quite a lot more downforce on it when it was on the track than it did uh, when it was sat there In the stationary with I'll bet. with the with the NASCAR NASCAR tech guys leaning against it. Yeah, but, yeah, um, well, you know. Those were the days. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, those were the days. I always tell people, if you've never been to a NASCAR race, you have to go because it, it will change your whole opinion, uh, especially if you can get close to the track. Those things are going so fast. They suck the air out of your lungs. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Has there been a car in your life that really stood out? And tell us about that ride. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid it's, I'm afraid it's not a very fast or exotic one. Doesn't but, have to uh, be, no. Um, so, so my parents, when I was growing up, had a... Uh, um, a Morris Morris 1000, Morris Minor, nice. which uh, for the, for those of you who don't don't know, is was the car that um, a guy called Alec Isagonis designed before the Mini, um, and um, wasn't quite as revolutionary as the Mini, um, or uh, as quite as uh, didn't handle quite as well as the <laughs> Mini. I think it's fair it's fair to say, but um, but yeah, no, they had my parents had that through throughout my childhood, and um, you know I learned to drive on that on that car, and uh, you know. Sort of, you know, and this was this was in the I don't know, the nineteen ninety something like that, and 
So it was a pretty old car at that stage. It was a 1965. Learning to drive in something like that with all the character that that has, it was fun and turn heads but it sort of made me appreciate it makes me appreciate when i drive a modern car nowadays oh yeah just how how far things have come and you you know if i turn up an airport and have a a rubbish hire car i still think actually this is pretty impressive pretty impressive compared to what i what i drove what i drove as a kid so you sort of yeah you sort of understand how you know car technology and car engineering has come on just exponentially in the last sort of even in the last 10 15 years it's incredible yeah it's incredible yeah so i'm gonna be your car psychologist here tom i'm gonna crawl into your skull a little bit here probably something not too many people have done and i'm gonna ask you a very unique question if you were reincarnated manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be but how you perceive yourself as a man the guy in the mirror in a vehicle that's what makes it interesting what would you be but more importantly why why? What would I be? I mean, I think the why is the why is probably the, the easier bit to start off okay. with. I guess I've got a sort of almost fastidious attention to detail, and and um, uh, I guess I hope fairly reliable, and do have a little bit of a tendency to uh, get a bit overexcited at times <laughs> That's as good. well. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I like it. So. So I don't, I don't think it could be something, I, you know, the excitement, the overexcited bit lends itself to something Italian, doesn't it? But I just don't think I'm, I, I think the other bits of me, the other bits of me probably make me, make me a bit more German to be perfectly oh, honest. So, okay, yeah. so, so probably, I don't know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, a Porsche of some kind, Okay. but uh, something, I don't know, the ultimate in engineering, something like a Taycan or, or, or something, uh, yeah, something like that, maybe. You know, I had um, Mark Donahue's son on my show and, you know, David, who's a racer mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. And he's raced. Yeah. Yeah. Linked to, yeah. Oh, but linked to all sorts. Of, yeah. yeah. And we talked about cars and things. Of course, he kind of leans towards Porsche and worked with Porsche in development of the 918. And I mean, some of the incredible cars. But he said something on my show. He said, you know, Mark, I've driven a lot of different cars. This Porsche Taycan, my favorite car of everything I've driven. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, it's insane. And I saw, I followed one yesterday. My grandson turned uh, one yesterday. We had a great celebration with him. And follow, driving back home, I followed one home. And I was kind of looked at those cars a little bit like, oh, it's a sedan. I don't know. But following that guy, and then as he took off, as we got on the freeway and disappeared, you know, I was like, I kind of like those things. <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't driven one yet to be honest but well uh, i think you're gonna uh, love it i've not day. driven one either but i plan on it and uh, i'm not saying i'm gonna get one quite yet but well i think that fits you from what i've learned about you today tom perfect answer to that question Thanks. you're welcome is there a great book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners uh yeah and i guess it links to that sort of growth mindset attention to detail element of my uh, of my character um there's a guy called called Matthew Syed who is a who's written a number of business books. He used to be a um, a table tennis player, Olympic table tennis oh. player, and he's made some. He's written some great books. The, the, the one that's most well known is called Bounce, and it's about oh, it's yes. about it's sort of about the power of practice and 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 just getting good at things. But the one I really like that he's written is called Black Box Thinking, and it's all about it's all about how people learn from mistakes and and you know the how how certain industries for example aviation and things like that have really put those sort of growth mindset cultures in place to to ensure that everything you know to 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 ensure that you know mistakes don't happen twice and 
yeah, it's it's a it's a really really good read. It has implications for all sorts of elements of life. I like it. Oh, sounds like great books. And you think about uh, aircraft. I mean, what when when did the Wright brothers fly? I mean, it was less than a hundred years ago, was it? Could have been. I, and you look mm. at where we are now. I mean, holy cow! <laughs> it's just like wow. Uh, you wonder where we're going to be in the next hundred years. Uh, maybe we'll have yeah. those transponders like they have on the inter uh, the Enterprise. You know, <laughs> you just blink and you evaporate and you end up wherever you want to be. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, let's you just don't get in the cage with the fly. You'll end up like that guy in the movie. That would be a bad deal. <laughs> so I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive here, Tom. I'm going to buy you, provide you with any car. Maybe it's that take on. And you can be with anybody, even somebody who's from the past that's not with us anymore. And you can go anywhere you want to go. So sounds like a fun drive. What are you going to be with driving and who? Um, yeah. So growing up, I used to read a, a magazine called called Motorsport, mm -hmm. and um, at that time, one of the one of the journalists, who well, actually was the editor for a while, was a guy called Dennis Jenkinson. Of course, yeah, rode with uh, Sir Sterling Moss. That's right, and I think I, I wasn't sure whether to pick him because because he he absolutely fascinated me. He's a real character, and I've read a lot of his columns and a lot of you know some of his books and things like that. He's a you know a very fascinating. He was a very fascinating guy, but. Uh, I, I think I think maybe if I could drive the Milli Milia route, maybe maybe half of it with uh, Sir Sterling driving and half of it with uh, maybe driving the uh, 300 SLR myself with with Jenks, that would be uh, that would be fun. You think that would be fun? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just make sure when you come to that uh, railroad crossing, you duck because in, in there are great photos or stories about them going uh, trying to beat the train going under the the guardrail or going under the arm or something. I, know, I seem to remember a painting done like that. Uh, it was astonishing, astonishing feet. I, mean, I can't remember what they averaged, whether it was a hundred, like it was over 120, 130 miles an hour for the whole thing. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Holy cow. And, yeah, yeah. and you think about, I believe it was Dennis Jenkinson who created the map that he would, it was on a roll and he would spin it to keep him on track. That was kind of his, if I'm, if I'm thinking right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I loved his writings too, which uh, of course we can still go back and, and get. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, Tom. This has been great fun. Before I let you go, would you share some words of inspiration, a mantra, success quote, something to inspire everybody today? I'm not sure if I've got anything amazingly snappy, um, but um, the, the mantra that I grew up with at Penske was um, "effort equals results," which, which I, which I, which I do, which I do agree with to a great extent. But um, um, you know, I think there, there, there are there are some other elements as well. I think there's a there's a big thing about working smart, you know, and 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 a big part of my philosophy has been, you know, in terms of technology, has been understanding understanding what what is essentially going on the physics of what's going on and then if you understand if you understand the physics then you can usually come up with some really amazing innovative solutions but um but um my high school had a great mantra as well which i still remember which was work hard play hard and consider other people and i don't think that's a bad one either to <laughs> no. be honest but <laughs> yeah i love it yeah wish that more people did that these days consider other people that part yeah, no, no, it's, it's, uh, I think that's, that's one of the most important things in life. Wonderful, wonderful. So, how can people learn more about DIMAG? Uh, well, check us out on all the usual social media channels Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, et cetera, or uh, go on uh, www.dimag.com. So, that's D Y M A G.com and uh, have a look at what we do and, uh, and drop us a line. 
Absolutely. I'll put a link to the website. Cool website, by the way. Uh, you listeners need to go check out Dimag. Very, very cool. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Sam Hardy at Influence Associates. Uh, they bring me some great guests. So, Sam, thanks for bringing Tom on board here. This has been great fun. Tom, thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and sharing your experiences with us. This has been a great chat. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks. My pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.